What's up, people? Welcome back to Talk It Pod. I am Gerald Hudges, your host for this series segment with our dear friends from Sleepless in Monrovia. Talk It Pod aims at steering social, cultural, and political conversations that are often overlooked and less discussed in society. Today, we continue our collaboration with our friends from Sleepless in Monrovia, which is an eight-part series sharing provocative social norms-altering pieces written by some of their writers. Um, having a voice and using it is how we find commonality and impact change. We are pleased to amplify these voices of the writers only here on Talking Pod. This week I had the pleasure of hosting my good friend Shari Raji and we talked about an article she wrote titled I am not bossy, I'm the boss. It was published on Sleepless Monrovia, a blog she co-founded. For those of you who are just listening to us for the first time, Sleepless in Monrovia is a social justice blog that is dedicated to giving voice to various social justice and societal issues affecting Liberians, especially women. The blog features pan-African feminist enthusiasts who believe a huge percentage of the world's populations or problems can be solved by open dialogues in safe spaces that inspire action. Welcome to Talk Pod, Shari. Thank you for having me. By the way, this is not your first time at all on Talk Pod. No, it's not. Last time I was here, I spoke with Winifred or Cyrene. Mm-hmm. Oh, Cyrene, yes. And we spoke about changes that people are making, like young people that are making changes in Liberia. I think and, it was like and, the activist series. If and I'm you're one thinking. of them? That's why I hear. It's always a pleasure having you, Shari. And uh, I'm super excited that I am hosting today. Um, so, But before we go into today's discussion, do you mind just sharing briefly um, who you are? Why do you like writing? Um, mm-hmm. What do you like writing about? I write because I want to create alternate understandings for people, alternate ways to view things. I want to open up people's minds around, around different issues. Um, I am a lot of things. I I am by book an engineer. I'm also a writer. I now work for Teach for Liberia, which is very exciting. Today, we're talking about an article you wrote titled, I'm not bossy, I'm the boss. That's quite a social altering piece. Would you just narrate what inspired this and how uh, the writing process took place? So the I'm not bossy, I'm a boss is a Beyonce saying, I, I didn't make it. Um, okay. <laughs> so she said it one time and it just really stuck with me. I was reading a book called She Got In My Bowl and I came across the word virago or virago. So I went to the dictionary because I didn't know what the word meant. In the dictionary said, in Webster, the definition was a woman of great stature, strength, and courage. I'm like, okay, cool. That's a great word. And then the second definition said, a loud, overbearing woman. And I just got so pissed What's off. What's the source of that definition? Webster. Oh, wow. Merriam-Webster dictionary. So I'm like, oh, I got my. so pissed off. I'm like... Okay, so this is the dictionary that's basically telling the, the whole world that if you are strong as a woman, you're loud, you're overbearing, you're angry, mm-hmm. and you just cannot be a woman who is a boss. You have to be bossy. I have so many stories about this. The one that I really, I, I wrote about it, but one thing that really came to my head was, um, I started this internship one time, and the, the head of the office was a female. And when I went to the break room, the other employees were like, oh, you're gonna meet this woman, she's so terrifying, she's so cold. Like, I feel like she can't even give birth again so because her womb not dry off on it, but she can get no bodily feeling. Like I'm paraphrasing, but that's I that stuck with me. And I was terrified to me. I'm like, okay, maybe she's like Godzilla or something. I went inside, met her. She's the sweetest person ever. She we worked so well together. Then I saw her inside to one of the other male employees another time, and then he didn't do a, a task. But a boss is supposed to, you know, keep you in check. She chastised him and he looked at me like, see what I mean? I'm like, actually, no, she's being your boss. The only thing that was wrong with her in quotation marks. <laughs> 
truth is that she was doing whatever she's supposed to do, but because she's a female, she's supposed to do it nicely with a smile because she's female. She cannot just be angry or she cannot be frustrated with your poor performance. She has to do it with a smile because, you know, women are supposed to be nice. Women are supposed to be nice. nice. But looking at the title, you know, can, can we talk about what what, what would be up, bossy, right? What would be pull, bossy? I think I should, let me just pull up. Let's go to Webster again. <laughs> Inclined to the minier, dictatorial. Mm. That's what's in Webster Dictionary. Mm. So you're a dictator. One time I was at work, this guy came to audit us. My previous job, I had to work with like maybe 20 plus men per shift. And they were all like maybe two or three times my age mm. and size. And, <laughs> and this guy is auditing us. He's walking around with me. I'm doing my job. He looks at me. He goes, oh my God, you're so bossy. I'm like, okay, would you say this exact same thing to a guy who's doing my job? Is that any meaning? I just mean like, you know, you're not like a normal woman. Like, mm. What is a normal woman to you? Like. I'm doing my job. I'm telling people what to do as I'm being paid to do. Mm -hmm. But because I'm not smiling and laughing and friendly and like, it's impossible to be that. It's uh, this fixation that the world has, society has of women being smiling and nice all the time. Like, randomly in the streets and you'd be so much prettier if you smiled. Maybe I don't want to be pretty today. Maybe I don't feel like smiling. But why does it bother you so much that I'm not smiling? Mm -hmm. And it just comes back to this whole obsession with women being weirdly nice. What have been some of the reasons? Reaction actually, I would say firstly, let's talk about men reaction towards uh, this article. So I don't remember a specific conversation. To be honest with you, I don't interact with a lot of people. As Siren said the other day, me, you, and my three friends, like <laughs> we we think alike. So when people come into my inbox, if I try to interact and you don't see where I'm coming from, I just block you. I don't have energy for that. It's not my job to educate you because your mother. I'm sorry for her, but you have to go and ask her. I admit we're frustrated with society, right? Mm -hmm. Most women are. And when a black woman is giving her opinion, she's an angry black woman. And it's like, okay, maybe I am angry because of all the nonsense that I have to go through on a daily basis. I think this also speaks to the general conceptualization of the role of women in society mm -hmm. or... Just a mother and cater yeah, and cater. feminine. One of the conversations I would say I've had with people randomly is, you know, whenever you're driving in the streets and maybe there's some traffic somewhere, somebody would just say, try to stretch their head oh that woman driving or before they know, even see if it's a woman they before will say they that even see, yeah. they, they will say that and then you realize most often men are the ones who are causing traffic it's insane women are not allowed to be diverse we have to fit in a, into a box we have to be mothers if a woman is, if you ask a woman when do you plan to give birth she tells you I, I don't plan to you sure you're one to little woman it's insane <laughs> I get really worked up when I talk about it because it's just it really frustrates me so how do you think our society can work around this night especially when it comes just, to the role of women in society. I think it just comes back to um, how we raise our children. Everybody that's about to have a child should read Ramanda's feminist manifesto. But there's this story she told one time about how a boy and a girl twins, right? Same age. And the boy gets hungry, he goes to his mom, I want to eat. And the mom goes, uh, sister, go and make food for your brother. They're the exact same age. It's not like she's older, so she's mm -hmm. taking care of a younger sibling. They're the same age. So there's no reason why this boy cannot go and make noodles for himself. Why should she be the one to do it and then that's how she's it's you know built into her that she has to cater to people she has to be nice she has to always perpetually be ready
ready to be a mom. And it's not all women want to play that role. So how can we have this conversation earlier with you know our kids and uh, the role that they have in the home? How do you teach your children, your your girls' children, your boys' children about about this? So I'm all for redefining parenthood, right? One of my favorite parents, like the celebrity parent Gabrielle Union and Dwayne Wade. So they have a child who was born a boy, and now she feels more female, mm-hmm. right? So m- my thing is. I understand that she's a child and people black people especially are like oh you can't you can't allow this child to make these, these decisions for themselves but I think parenting as a whole is just it's meaning support right you tell the child what you know x y and z you tell the child how you think this could be better for you how society is going to accept you and then you try to give the best support you can um I don't understand why boys things have to be blue and girls things have to be pink mm-hmm. why why who, who determines these obscure colors um why can a boy play with dolls why can a girl wear timberlands why 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 is that not allowed mm-hmm. society is, it should never be the moving force in your life i'm not that kind of feminist who says um a man should never open a door for me or something like that i read a sentence already that says chivalry is based in female weakness because mm-hmm. why didn't you open the door i mean i can open the door for myself <laughs> something like that and i'm like i'm not that side of the spectrum because feminism is a spectrum we have all different beings we have different uh ideas if i'm with my partner and and we're both physically able, I'll help him. I'll mm-hmm. get the tire from the car. You like we'll do it together. It's a joint thing. Oh, it's you, always you're only bringing weed. I'll bring everything if he said, I should jack the car, I'll jack the car. <laughs> right? Because okay, I'm not gonna disagree with the fact that most men, not all, but most men have more physical abilities compared to women. So if we're here in a situation and he's willing and he's available and he's more physically inclined than I am, sure. But I'm not gonna say in the car and be playing my phone while he's out in the sun sweat. There has to be a balance. And in our household, like, um, everything is divided. He cooks, I clean, I cook, he cleans. Like, it's not gender roles. We don't do that. I don't believe in that. I don't agree with any of that. You're listening to the Writer's Podcast Series brought to you by Talking Media and Sleepless in Monrovia. Going back just to the nature of this whole conversation around the topic of women leadership, how can we drive this conversation in different organizations? I think it needs to start with data because humans are number of people. Most humans are number of people. It has been proven by some worldwide survey survey that if you have women in uh, positions of power in a team, you can drive more impact. And if you present these numbers to people and say, okay, if you have a woman in this position or you have two, three, four, five women in these positions, can drive impact why would you say no to that logically because i understand that some things are inbred in us but i'm always of the mentality that i love to unlearn to have a notion changed mm-hmm. it's like disabuse you of that notion of that idea of that um that point of view. Hold on to for a while exactly yeah. i love that word and it just it, it's like okay because i'm always willing to why do you think like that? like shari why are you why do you think like that are you biased like are you somehow not being practical mm-hmm. and i feel like all people should question themselves like why do i believe that they I believe and how can I change my beliefs to be more covered of other people there's this thing that I still struggle with you know I'm a development professional and I've had classes regarding the evolution of gender roles in society gender and development and what has led to the formulation of uh, gender equality policies that are aimed at creating fair and equal employment opportunities for women, which I totally support. Uh, But also on the other hand, the question I ask myself, will we ever get to a point where we have a gender balanced world that's one? And with 
the introduction and the promotion of all of these gender equality policies, do you think that there'll be a time where uh, we might have to rethink and remove the line that most companies now put on their mm -hmm. job advertisement, mm -hmm. women candidates are highly encouraged. Yeah. So when I worked at an organization, there was this uh, thing, one of, one of the JDs that said female candidates are uh, preferred. Yeah. Will be given preference. In fact, I, I had, made them remove it. We, we had a debate at an organization about that as mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. The thing about it was, okay, there are a number of staff who felt mm -hmm. and it was worthwhile at that time, the disparity between women, female employees versus mill employee was huge and so that was you know just a way in which they could sort of empower women to be able to come and work and contribute towards developing their organization on the other hand other people felt like uh, if you put that there if you leave that sentence there you may be sort of giving women you mean sexist to men even, you're telling women yeah. that they're only getting a job because they're women yeah i never want to get a job because i'm female that's insulting to me i want to get wow, a job really? because i'm qualified i want to apply for a job the one thing i do agree with the sentence i agree with is when they say for example um female candidates are encouraged to apply there's nowhere they're telling you that you're going to be given a job because you're female they're just letting you know that we want you in this organization and we're not going to turn you away at the door because you're of your gender so we mm. want you here so apply that's all we're not telling you that so because you're a female you're gonna get this job over a more qualified male i don't agree with that i do not believe in my gender being a handicap i'm not handicapped so what, what do you think is appropriate what i've realized over time is that there are rooms where women are not allowed to enter they're not given the gate pass and it's not because that they're not qualified they don't know about these opportunities or they've applied to so many similar ones that they feel like if i apply i'm just gonna either get hit on or i'm gonna be told i have to sleep with them to get the job or whatever so i'm not even gonna bother myself so i feel like putting a message out there that says we encourage you to apply I agree with that. But if you say, oh, I want you to apply and you're going to be giving preference because of your gender, I'm not going to apply for that role because I'm not a handicap. That's a very interesting perspective regarding, you know, employment uh, regulations and the promotion of gender equality policies. Um, do you think that we'll ever get to a point where, you know, we'll break these gender norms? I hope so, or else I'm going to die unhappy. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm being very honest with you. Every morning I wake up and I go on any social media platform or any news outlet, there's always some story that is like, okay, why? When you're 2020, there are certain things that you never know if they're gonna happen, right? People that fight for LGBTQ plus uh, rights, we don't know if we're ever gonna get to a point where people are gonna be allowed to just live without outside interference in their personal lives because why does the government care who I sleep with? I feel like we don't know if it's gonna happen, but if you just look at how far your target is and how hard the fight is gonna be and you give up, you're never gonna change anything. It's that way with anything, they're not just feminism or a gay right. It could be you enter school your first year, first semester in university can be shit. <laughs> like you it's it's sometimes it's really hard because you have to like adjust to a new setting. As for me, for example, I went to a whole different country, I spoke a whole different language. It was a setback for me for a while. But if I looked at that one semester and I'm going back home, I would never have gotten mm -hmm. to where I am today. You look at the goal and you ask yourself, is this worth it? Is this going to make a difference? And if you believe wholeheartedly, you try. You start by sending texts to your family, you start by posting on your personal Facebook, you start by writing a piece for Stessy Monrovia, you start by doing all these different things and having these conversations so we get to a place where we can honestly say we're not there yet but we're almost there um so what lessons can we learn for both genders from this harsh double standard especially in the workplace when you said both genders it triggered something for me um there are some situations where men are not allowed to be human right you can tell a small little boy fire which i say don't cry be a man he's not a man he's a boy and you grow Maybe even men do cry you're supposed to cry 
it's a, it's, it's an outlet of emotions. There's no reason why a man should not cry. A dated patriarchal statement like men are supposed to be hard and tough. The thing that confuses me is that these women raise these boys to be like, oh, both men and women raise boys to be like, don't cry, you buy a naked for you feel like a girl, or you know, you cry that's gonna have someone get. And then when the men grow up to be their partners, these women, both women and men partners who don't have any emotions and are cold hearted, they be like, who raised you? Since you are raising his friend, they're gonna be the same man when they grow up. A man that has no respect for women. So I think it all comes back to how we raise our children. Like I said, you have to consciously think about the impact you're making on this person, like how they're gonna grow up into an adult, right? The kind of person, the kind of impact they're gonna make in society. I think we just need to understand that a female boss is just a boss. There's no such thing as a female manager or a like they have if to put that. If you demonstrate that level of authority, it means that you're bossy and because right. you're female. Because you're female. We have to consciously try to break that mentality because women are allowed to have a wide range of emotions. We're allowed to be happy and smiling and angry and frustrated. And we shouldn't be put into a box of being told that because we are women and we're not the friendliest boss. And then also if you're too friendly, people walk all over you. Mm -hmm. It's a very, it's a very tricky thing to walk. And I'm like, I'd rather be a cold hearted bitch than be a person that's walked all over because I'd rather stand up for it to you. I've, I told somebody the other day, a friend of mine, her subordinate never listens to her. She's technically his boss, like on paper and in real life. And whenever she says that he'll like yell at her or who he tell me what to do, it just shines away. And I'm like, wow. stand up to him, take him to HR. Like you cannot allow that to happen. You cannot always call about this because we then call her boss who is a man to go and fight the battle. Like, no, I know it's ingrained in you to be nice. Women, we have to try to disabuse ourselves of that mentality. And man, my dear friends, please try to think about things from other people's point of view. Think about how you would feel if you're in a situation where your hands are tied, your feet are tied, and you're being told, we're not going to listen to you or we're not going to respect you because of your gender. This has been a really, really exciting and inspiring conversation. It's always a pleasure. Thank you so much again for always honoring our invitation, Shark. Um, a big thanks to you for listening. Please don't forget to send us a review of this episode of Talk It Pod on Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to this podcast. And be sure to share with others. You can follow us on Twitter and IG at T-A-L-K number 8-N-A, Talkena, and on Facebook at Talking Media, T-A-L-K-A-Y Media. Also check out friends from Sleepless in Monrovia by searching for them on any of their social media platforms. Email us your questions or suggestions of topics you want to hear next time at talkit.media at gmail.com. And if you have questions about writing for Sim, email them at sleeplessinmonrovia at gmail.com. Have a good day. Bye-bye.